Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Confessions of an IT Manager. I'm Joe. Let's get started. This episode is brought to you by Spoke. If you're like most people, your help desk is getting swamped with the same requests over and over. Spoke uses artificial intelligence to automatically resolve up to 50% of employee requests for you. Employees can ask Spoke questions over Slack, through email, through SMS from your cell phone, and Spoke will provide an immediate, friendly, interactive response. No more, how do I connect to the printer? How do I reset my password? What's the Wi-Fi password? How do I connect to VPN? Those day-to-day questions that you all see in your help desk. With Spoke, employees get what they need to stay happy and productive, and you get more time to focus on getting things done. IT teams using Spoke are able to get back up to four hours of productivity per week per agent by using Spoke. If you're curious about more, visit askspoke.com for a 30-day free trial. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode. I have a couple announcements for you quick before we get started. Today we're going to talk about passwords and redundancy, which are two things that are pretty simple that actually we haven't talked about before and figured we might as well cover them, right? So for the couple announcements, uh, the first one is Happy National IT Day. It was actually yesterday, the 18th, and I totally missed it, so I'm very sorry about that. But it's a lot like Sysadmin Day, um, but just kind of the same thing, a little bit broader. Uh, So Happy National IT Day to all the IT people out there. Keep up the hard work that you do. The other announcement is that, can you believe it or not, We are actually two weeks away from the start of Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Next week, we're going to have a podcast talking about that a little bit more in depth. And then uh, basically throughout the entire month of October, that's what all the podcasts are going to be themed off of. Uh, They're going to actually coincide with the trainings that I do um, for the company I work at and uh, anybody else that's interested in that. If you are interested in attending any of those cybersecurity classes that I'll be hosting throughout the month of October, uh, please shoot me a private message. If you don't listen to me on Anchor, which looking at the statistics, not a lot of you do, um, go to anchor.fm slash joe.russell, that's J-O-E dash R-U-S-S-E-L-L. I think I said dot instead of dash. It's supposed to be a dash. Um, Anyways. Go look me up there or just search Anchor Confessions of an IT Manager and uh, you can figure out from there how to uh, message me or uh, send me a voice message or anything like that and I will get you information on how to attend those meetings. Uh, They'll be a good time. They're going to start off real basic and then kind of grow throughout the month. Uh, So more about that later. So I want to talk about passwords. I don't want to get too in-depth with it now because it's going to be part of Cybersecurity Awareness Month and we're going to talk about it more in-depth there. But I wanted to start everybody thinking about it now. Passwords are important. They help keep information safe and secure. They help keep us safe and secure online. Um, You know, you use them for computer logins, bank accounts, Facebook, anything like that. And sometimes we kind of don't really put much thought into passwords. We don't think about if a bad guy got this one password, what all type of things could he do that would be bad? The best practices way to 
mitigate that threat, I guess is a good way to put it, is to use unique passwords for every single login. And that is incredibly difficult to do, especially if you have a lot of logins. So I kind of recommend a couple things. One is to get a password manager, something like LastPass. I use that and I love it. It is great. And uh, get something like that to manage all your passwords for you. You remember one super secure master password. And that's about it. And that's all you have to worry about. And uh, if after, you know, three, four or five failed login attempts in a row, it'll just delete your entire database and uh, it's all encrypted. Nobody can really just steal it. That's one method. The other method is to come up with a unique naming convention for your passwords to make them unique in terms of the way that a software would see them or a bad guy would see them but something that means something to you so that uh, you basically use the same password and just have something different that means um, whatever that website is. For example, if your password is password1, and please don't let it be that, but if it is, and you're going to log into Facebook, Facebook, excuse me, <laughs> put a dash FB behind it, for Facebook or, you know, Hotmail, maybe do dash HM or, you know, stuff like that or put it in front or mix it somewhere into your password, something like that. It's going to be a unique password that unless someone really looks at it and realizes that this is a naming scheme, um, nobody's going to pick up on it and software isn't going to be able to take that one password that they stole from you and start applying it to all sorts of other accounts. The other thing I wanted to talk about was redundancy. And that is more for designing your systems and uh, determining what is critical or most important or least important. Uh, it's always, always a good idea to figure out a way to build in redundancy. The purpose of that is to account for those physical failures or some sort of failure there. Um, you know, most servers have two power supplies. That's in case one dies, you still have another one to keep it running. Um, the other nice thing about it, too, is that it lets you do maintenance work during the day instead of uh, either bringing everybody to a halt if there's a problem or uh, coming in at night, you know, or on a weekend or something like that to take care of it as well. kind of helps you out. A lot of those premium support services are also, you know, kind of a Monday through Friday support place and uh, they'll charge a nice premium price if they need to come out night or weekend. So if any of that maintenance that you can do during the day is going to really help. So what should you make redundant in your environment? That's really up to you. My suggestions though are you should have um, redundant internet service connections. Uh, you should have, and those should be via different methods. Um, you know, maybe one is fiber, one's microwave, something like that. You want to have two different methods that they get into your building uh, in case they cut a fiber line somewhere, which seems to happen all the time here in Iowa. And uh, then you should honestly have probably redundant firewalls. Same thing. If you need to apply updates, um, if you have a problem with one of them, something like that, you can do it to one, reboot it, let it come up do it to the other one. And then you should run those as redundant out to your core switches and you should have uh, core switches that have basically that redundant internet connection coming in. Um, and then there's a couple things here. One is, is that 
your you should have a fiber switch that has nothing but the the gbit cards the fiber channel cards um, to run to basically other switches other networking cabinets throughout your building as well as what are called top of rack switches meaning that you should have probably a 48 port you know 100 gigabit per second switch in the top of each switch or excuse me each um, server cabinet that you have and all of those should be connected through fiber back to that main fiber core that fiber core switch should also be redundant. You should have two of them, and you should have two fiber lines running to each of the network switches, closets, cabinets, whatever it happens to be. So you have basically, say, a fiber core A and a fiber core B. Each of those have uh, one internet connection, uh, LAN link, I guess you could call it, coming from your firewall. And then, say, your top of rack switch A for your first rack has um, two fiber lines run into the fiber core A and fiber core B. And then uh, make sure those fiber core switches have redundant power. If they don't, and I run into this uh, with firewalls and, and core switches and network switches as well, if they don't have redundant power, there's actually a PDU, power distribution unit, that you can buy to stick into your uh, cabinet, whether that's rack mount or on the side or anything like that, that will actually take um, power from two sources and uh, turn it into just basically one power bank that you can plug your single power network switch into. Uh, really helpful, you know, especially if you have to um, bring down one of those power supplies for some reason. Um, you know, if you work in a 24-7 place, uh, sometimes that's needed for electrical work or maintenance work or anything like that. That way you don't lose that, that power. And then Past that point, it's kind of up to you on what you want to have redundant and how critical it is that something stays up and you plan for contingencies or problems. I would highly, highly, highly recommend and suggest that you make sure all your servers are redundant power, that they go to different power supplies, that, that in terms of different power supplies, that that's either fed off of different breakers or uh, circuits even completely, and then maybe even different battery backup systems. It kind of depends on what you have. If you have a massively huge UPS, um, it's fine if they all go back to that. Work with your kind of local contractor that if you're going to be remodeling anything crazy, um, they'll be able to help advise that on, on what to do for that. But that's, that's kind of it. It's very important. It's something that's going to really make you guys' lives easier. It makes my life easier. Um, but, you know, it really doesn't take a whole lot of effort. Sometimes it's just as simple as making sure that your servers are getting power from two different power supplies. But uh, pretty straightforward. Uh, I hope that kind of helps you guys out a little bit. that's going to take care of today's episode guys um, i hope you enjoyed it uh, anchor released a few more features allowing me to do better background tracks stuff like that as you hear playing um, do some auto volume mixing for us so that i don't have to take the time to do it uh, it's really nice i'm going to try to leave you guys with a song um, i'm going to tell you about it now and uh, hopefully it uploads and if it does great and if not very sorry uh, but do go check it out on Spotify. The song is uh, called Animate. It's by a band called Syndrome of Fire. Um, this is a 
uh, kind of Christian heavy rock band, if that's what you want to call it. Uh, they're a great group. I actually am personally friends with the lead singer and her husband. They're great people, and uh, they have really good music. Uh, go give them a check out, see what their new song is like on Spotify, and then um, look them up, you know, YouTube and, and all those places as well. And uh, hopefully you guys can hear this song. I guess we'll find out. But uh, otherwise, thank you guys for listening. We'll see you next time.